Welcome to In Search of the Great America, a virtual road trip to the biggest city and a small town in each state of the Union. 100 guests will be invited to define their great America, past, present, and future. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and I really want to know, what's your great America? Hello, and welcome to In Search of the Great America. Today, we have with us in the studio, Louisa Hunkerstorm. She is an educator who currently works at Central Wyoming College. In the past, she has worked as an outdoor educator and in other teaching and learning settings. She is a proud Wyomingite, a parent of two little kids, cross-country skier, and a lover of literature and beautiful places. Hello, Louisa. Glad to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So we'll, we'll jump right in here. Where did you grow up and what was it like? So I grew up here in central Wyoming, which is where I still am today. And it had a huge impact on me. When I graduated from high school, I was so excited to go leave and see the world and be in different places. And I definitely did that. I've had a lot of adventures. And you know what? Then I did. I moved back. I I don't know. I guess the brainwashing kicked in later on. But, you know, it really shaped me growing up in such a rural place. I really like big views. I like wide open spaces. I like the friendliness of a rural place. I never make social plans. I just run into people and maybe a little less so in the pandemic, but I just used to always see friends around everywhere. And when I was a little kid, I lived on a farm in Crowheart, Wyoming, and really just lived outside and in my own head, doing a lot of imagination and reading books and climbing trees and running around. I really liked it. Maybe everyone likes how they grow up, but that worked great for me. I spent so much time living in my own imagination. You know, my my kids attend this preschool now where the teacher, one of the things that she emphasizes is letting kids sink really deep into play and into their imagination. And that really struck a chord with me. That's one of the reasons I was really excited to send them there because I feel like that's the childhood I got. And it really, it taught me focus and it taught me to be kind of independent and yeah, for sure creative. I I, I believe that a hundred percent. When I was probably about nine, my parents set up a wall tent in our yard and I had a friend come to visit and that was pretty rare because I lived very far away from everything, including 30 miles away from the school that I went to. And so it was a big deal. I had this friend come to visit for a week and we turned the wall tent into a museum and we called it the old Yellowstone Museum. And the key thing that you could visit there was, of course, the old Yellowstone And it was a rock that we painted yellow. And it was very little kiddish. We had, people had to come say the Pledge of Allegiance. Then they came into the museum. And the main feature of it, besides the old Yellowstone that I remember, was the gift store where we would make greeting cards for people. (laughs) Was there a time in history that you thought America was great and why? I've been thinking about this question and I... I guess the answer is a combination of yes and no. I think in general, I think progress is uneven. I think there's been great things in America's past, great things going on today, things that are not great that went on in the past, things that are not great that have gone on today. It's it's just a mishmash. So um, I'm not a, a nostalgic person for sure. So I don't 
look back and say, oh, there was a better time uh, back then. I wish I had lived then. I think of any time in American history, I definitely want to live now. I think, yeah, I think, I think a lot of things have improved, especially when you just look at opportunities available to a lot more different people. You know, my mom, even she, I don't think she's that old. She talks about how she never got to do sports in school. They didn't have girls sports. And she grew up in a very privileged place and she still lacked opportunities. And, you know, I think opportunities for people of color, people of other marginalized identities have really improved over time. And there's a lot more improvement that needs to take place. But no, I don't, I don't get nostalgic for the past, I don't think. I mean, I just think about myself as a woman, for sure. That It was not that long ago when there were so many fewer rights <laughs> that women had. You know, even things like to get a credit card in their own name and things like that. And there's still so much inequality in this world, but it has gotten better. And so that's, that's why I'd want to live now. And I think it's easy to see all the things that you want to do to make this place better. And, but that comes from a place of love, right? There's a lot of potential. What is great about America now for you? You know, when I'm at my most patriotic, for sure, it's when I'm spending time in all the beautiful places that we have in this country. And I have been to a lot of them. I mean, certainly not the majority, but I've, I've gotten to see a lot of just amazing places that a lot of other people don't get to see. And one that really sticks in my head is Wrangell St. Elias National Park in Alaska. And this place is, I think, the largest national park in the country and one of the least visited. And it has, I think, something like seven out of the 10 tallest mountains in the country. And you've never heard of any of them. And it is magical. And uh, when I was working as an outdoor educator, I spent a lot of 4th of Julys in the wilderness and in places like that. And that is when I would just I would get so excited and I would give these speeches to my students about, look around you, this is the greatness of America. And certainly there's lots of people who care and work hard to make America great. And for me, though, I just get, I, I just get really happy and motivated by being in those special uh, places. I really love this short story by Rick Bass, and I'm going to have to look up the name. But there is a short story that he wrote that is about this woman who and her relationship with the specific ranch in Texas, that's her family's property, and growing up in this place and just all her stories that have taken place in this one specific piece of land. And I love that idea of just being really close to a place and seeing how it changes over time. And so I have lots of places like that, too, that are smaller places, you know, that I've gone to my whole life that I really care about and love. And I mean, I love the sunsets that we have here in my hometown. You know, it doesn't have to be really grand places, though. I love those too. But yeah, I have memories of a lot of small, beautiful moments of birds and sunsets and trees in the wind and things like that. If I can add one more thing, I went to college in New Hampshire 
And the first class that I took my freshman year when I was 18 years old was, it was about people's relationship with the land. And one of the first questions that our professor asked us was, like, what do you think of when you think of wilderness? And I'm there in this New England classroom and all the other people said trees, trees, they think of trees. And to me, wilderness is not trees at all, right? I'm from the high plains. We don't have a lot of trees here. And it just really took me aback and surprised me. I, I really, yeah, like to think about all the different kinds of beautiful places that we have. Some of them have trees and some of them don't. What does your great America look like in the future? Uh, for me, following up on what I just said to the previous question, I think for me, the great America looks like a place where people take really good care of the land and the water and the air and the environment. So it looks like a place where we're very attentive to climate change and working hard to mitigate some of the really damaging impacts that we're seeing. And it looks like a place with a lot of justice, a lot more justice than what we have now, where we really care about everybody getting to live their best life, regardless of their gender, their sexual orientation, their background, their whether they have money, their race, their religion, all of that kind of stuff. And that that's what I really hope for us <laughs> in the future. I hope that it's a place where they don't have to worry about how much their health care costs. <laughs> um, and I... <laughs> I know that sounds weirdly specific, but I just heard a story of a friend who was diagnosed with cancer. And my first thought was like, oh, I hope he has good insurance. And so I really, I really hope that that is something that my kids don't have to worry about. And I hope that it's a place where they care as much about other people as themselves. And I don't know that that has to do with America so much as my parenting, but I hope that that's kind of the vibe in the country and that they get a chance to see all these beautiful places that I've had a chance to see. And I, I've gotten to spend a lot of time on glaciers. I worry that they won't be able to see those glaciers. And I really hope they do. Who are we when we are our best? I think we're at our best when we are taking care of each other. And when we are really also taking care of ourselves. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot in the pandemic. It's, you know, it's hard to be at your best all the time. <laughs> and I think if each one of us individually feels like we can reach our potential, then that is how America is at its best. Because you know, we talk about these platitudes about the melting pot or whatever, and the diversity of the country. But I really believe those things that, that the fact that Americans are so different from each other is really one of the big sources of our strength. But each of those different types of people has to feel good and feel like they can be their true self and feel like they can live up to their potential. So yeah, so I think when it's at our its best, it's a place where people, you know, aren't worried about putting food on the table all the time, 
where they have the opportunity to go outside and exercise or read a book or whatever it is that makes them feel good, where they get to spend time with their families, unlike right now, and where people, you know, have meaningful and fulfilling work, but they don't have to work all the time. They get a chance to a little bit of space to think about the bigger questions like we're talking about right now. What do I want for my future, for my kids' future? Those kind of things. And I think if everybody gets to do those things, then the country gets to be great. I think to kind of reverse the question, when we're not at our best, I think it's when people are scared and worried. And, you know, a lot of just damaging behavior comes from that. And when people are just, they can only worry about their own basic needs, right? Like in Maslow's hierarchy, that's when the country suffers. And so um, I really hope that we can take care of everyone so that all of us can be at our best. Excellent. Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, sure. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to In Search of the Great America. Today's episode had music by Valentin Sochnitsky. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. For show notes and more information on the podcast, please visit our website, greatamericaproject.com. Thank you.